Good morning. Welcome to the Backyard Professor videos. Uh, I just recorded a video and then I uploaded it onto my chess channel. <laughs> It'll uh, give them a surprise Christmas gift, won't it? A day late, but a dollar short. So, but I want to make a, a video on, on this book real quick. The Bible with and without Jesus. How Jews and Christians read the same stories differently. And it's by two of my favorite biblical scholars, Amy Jill Levine and Mark Zvi Brettler. Excellent scholars. This book is wonderful. Um, I'll show you. See that little gap right there? <clears throat> That's how much I got read yesterday. I could not put the book down. I'm about to... 200 pages into it, not quite halfway. It's a large book, 460 pages, absolutely delightful. I, I, I'm calling this a book review. I have not finished the book, but I am far enough into it to be able to make some comments. And I seriously love books like this. And this will be an absolute wonderful book to incorporate into my New Testament studies this year. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this. Brand new 2020. Highly recommended. Uh, Amy Jill Levine is a wonderful, very interestingly, she's a Jewish lady who specializes in the New Testament. Now, I was told by... Um, Colby Townsend to get their annotated Jewish New Testament. So I went to get that and I could not find it. And what I did is I found this instead. This is a takeoff of their annotated New Testament. This is them just discussing the ways that the Bible can be looked at from different groups, Muslims, Jews, Christians, etc. It is their attitude that I want to talk about, because this is what I'm looking to do. Uh, being a former apologist, this is like a breath of fresh air, and I really, really, really do like this concept. They say, we suggest that all perspectives, the biblical, the Jewish, the Christian, are important and all are necessarily partial. That's really important. This is page X in the preface. The answers we receive, the interpretations we develop, are all dependent on the questions that we ask, the experiences that we bring, and the preferences that we have. They recognize this. And it's wonderful how they do this. Uh, Brettler is a, an expert in the Hebrew Bible and Old Testament, and Amy Jill Levine is the New Testament expert, and they've combined we do not claim that only one way of reading Genesis or any other text in what we call variously the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh, the Old Testament, is correct. The questions we bring to the text will yield multiple answers, sometimes mutually exclusive and sometimes complementary and even mutually enhancing. I love this approach. They are not looking to convert anyone to their doctrinal or historical points of view. They're saying, let's read the text. Let's see what we understand it to mean. Let's translate the difficulties. Let's analyze the historical background. Let's look into the theological implications from various theological viewpoints. 
and see what we find. This, this book is more of an exploration, and I really enjoy their approach. We seek to put, oh, here we go. Hold on. What did this text mean in its original meaning is one way we can look at things. The time that the author of Genesis wrote the tale, what was the context? Nor do we ask only, what does Genesis 18 mean in a Christian context with Jesus? Nor again, do we focus only on the various readings of the ancient scripture in the post-biblical Jewish context without Jesus? Rather, we seek to put these in various these various interpretations into dialogue with one another. Because dialogue helps us understand why, when we all read the same text or look at the same painting, we come away with such different views. The better we can see through the eyes of our neighbors, the better we are able to be good neighbors. I love that. I, I underlined that. I put a star next to it. I love this approach. They're not going to rant and rave against a different interpretation than their own. And in fact, neither one of these two have the same interpretation on any item of scripture. And they look through dozens of them in this book. And so they are explaining their differences. They are finding their similarities. They are expounding the contradictions. They are expounding the problems. They are expounding and presenting some solutions without offending Jews or other solutions without offending Christians. Hopefully they can have enough love in their hearts not to be offended. And so the mutually exclusive groups reading the same texts Rather than becoming enemies, what's so wrong with just sitting down as friends and saying, okay, yeah, here, here's what this text says, I understand it this way, because I do believe in the New Testament, so I'm going to read this text in light of Jesus, with Jesus. Another approach will say, well, yeah, I get that. I see this as a basis of ancient Israelite belief based upon Egyptian, Mesopotamian, Assyrian sources. So I'm going to read this text and its understanding in the ancient Israelite idea without Jesus. And then let's see where that leads us. It is a fantastically fascinating dialogue these two are having. I could not put the book down yesterday. I, I, I'm going to try like crazy to finish it either today or tomorrow. They say this multi-lensed perspective comes from our teaching experience in both of our classrooms and our various programs in churches and synagogues. We have encountered individuals with limited views of their own traditions, Notice they're not pointing fingers. Oh, yeah, you're limited. We're not. No, they're saying we're all limited with our own traditions and even more limited views of interpretations in other religious communities. So what is called for each one of our central chapters in this book, they say, we're going to ask three questions. 
What did the text mean in its original context in ancient Israel? How do the New Testament authors interpret the text? And how do post-biblical Jews from the time of Jesus, for instance, the Dead Sea Scrolls, or even the first century historian Josephus and the first century philosopher Philo, through the rabbinic and medieval Jewish tradition and later Christian traditions, understand these same texts. So there's three views that they're demonstrating in each chapter, and they, they talk about the, uh, the creation story. They discuss the significance of Adam and Eve, not only historically, but theologically, archaeologically, philosophically, psychologically. It's an absolutely fantastic discussion. They talk about the theme of the Melchizedek priesthood and with the meeting of Abraham and Melchizedek, and that actually took me up through 200 pages. Their exposition on Melchizedek in the later Jewish tradition, the Melchizedek tradition in the Old Testament, the Melchizedek tradition in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Melchizedek tradition in the New Testament book of Hebrews, and in other places throughout the Gospels, is one of the absolute most refreshing, delightful, interesting things I have ever read. And the beauty of it is they keep it, they keep it relatively simple for us, and yet they really do go into fabulous detail. And I will put together some slides on this so that it, you can help visualize how they're translating things or what they're comparing it to. Uh, within interhistorical contexts between the Christian and Jewish view, etc. And I will present some videos on this. It, it goes up into uh, page 181. I, I was stunned at the wonderful detail. You are a priest forever. They talk about priesthood in ancient Israel. The priest forever. The discussion of Psalm 110 and Hebrews uh, and Psalm 2, I believe it is. It is absolutely one, and Genesis 14, etc. This book has fast become one of the books I'm going to go to and make wonderful uh, videos with excellent information. They do, they begin in the Old Testament and they do absolutely go up into the New Testament. I've skimmed the ideas of the Son of Man. I'm looking forward to that. Psalm 22 in Jewish sources, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They discuss Jesus's last words. They discuss the sign of Jonah. And I have some very interesting archaeological new materials I've just discovered. For me, they're not new materials, and I didn't discover them, but for me, they're new. And I discovered them online about this sign of Jonah. I'm looking very, very forward to producing some videos on that. They talk about Isaiah's suffering servant, the famous Isaiah 53, which Amy Jill Levine says most Jews don't have a clue about. They don't even realize it's a messianic prophecy. It kind of shocked me how blunt she was. And she said, it's time to rectify this. She says, yes, here's the Christian view. Here's the Jewish view of those who are informed, but most of Judaism doesn't understand Isaiah. I thought, well, gosh, that sounds like, that sounds like every religion I know of. I thought the Jews were going to be the only experts. They're not. 
So they talk about Isaiah in this context, drink my blood, sacrifice and atonement, an eye for an eye and turn the other cheek, etc. I, I am just so happy to have this book. I am truly looking forward to incorporating its materials along with the fantastic new material I've received from Dennis R. MacDonald on the Homeric epics, along with the fantastic new text I have received on the resurrection of Jesus from one of the great biblical scholars, Mike Lacona, as well as other materials that I've got. I've set up, I'm going to use the Beale and Carson Carlson, no, Carson, the commentary on the New Testament's use of the Old Testament which is really excellent. I will use some of Margaret Barker's materials on the King of the Jews, the temple theology in the Gospel of John. I will utilize the, I have other texts here. Oh, I know I've got them here somewhere. Anyway, I'm going to be utilizing some excellent uh, LDS materials from the student manual, as well as a new text that I have. I, I could have swore I set it out here. I probably put it up not to lose it. So there's a lot of exciting materials to come to. The, the thing I want to let you know my approach is going to be is very similar to this one, the Bible with and without Jesus. I will be looking at various, not in order to convert, but just to understand. I will be looking at various interpretations, all kinds of interesting translations, comparisons, contradictions, anomalies, archaeology, history, theology, linguistics, because it's not worry about correct doctrine. Let's just come to an understanding of what the text can mean in a real way to various people, and let's not make them our enemy because they happen to understand something with a genuine legitimate desire to know what the text means, but also with a genuine and legitimate different background that gives them their justification for approaching the text the way they have. And that includes Mormons, Christians, Jews, Muslims, atheists, etc. And, and they go through the whole gamut. But I love this idea that instead of a conversion or your damned approach. Instead of a, a spirited approach of you have to believe my interpretation because my interpretation is more correct. My interpretation is true. They don't even approach it that way. They're saying, what would happen? What would happen? Genuinely, what would happen if we just actually come to understand not only our own view a little better, but someone else's view and recognize that they do genuinely believe it that way and it's okay. There hasn't been a thought crime committed. There hasn't been a, a spiritual apostasy with Satan influencing you for evil and so you're guilty and you have to repent of your sin. Oh, I thought differently. I'm sinning. No, we're going to throw all that noise out. That's not even fun anymore. That makes the Bible boring. This gives it better meaning. 
and I really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to sharing more information with you as I have time. Thanks for watching my Backyard Professor recordings. I appreciate everything you guys do for me. I appreciate your love and support. I appreciate your help. I appreciate your friendship. So lots of information coming down the pipeline. I'm going to really enjoy getting to the New Testament this year in ways that I've always wanted to have in my Sunday school classes, but never did. So I'm going to present them to you who also want to have these kind of discussions. That's what I'll call them, discussions, because that's what they are.